Good morning, Kingdom Culture. I love you. I adore your pastors, Pastor Sean and Michelle. Thank you for inviting me and entrusting me to come and speak into your house. I truly consider this such a privilege. It is such an honor anytime, you know, I'm given the opportunity to open up the Word of God and bring a word to people. But honestly, this is this is really special for me. I, I just, I adore your house. I adore you, Kingdom Culture, and I love your pastors. Pastor Sean and Michelle, you know how much I love you, but let me take a moment to just honor you. You two are just such beautiful souls who have been planted in this city for such a time as this, witnessing your lives close up and watching your lives from afar. And all that you're building through this house has been honestly so inspiring. You are the salt of the earth kind of people. You are the real deal. And I so love how you lead your family, how you love one another, how you love the people that are a part of your house and beyond. I mean, your house has a global impact because of the leadership that is upon both of your shoulders. And I just honor the God in you and the assignment that's on both of you. And I'm just so grateful to be entrusted to speak into your house this morning. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This morning, we are going to make a comeback. I'm here on my husband's, uh, well, my husband's parents' field, but this is truly where Caleb grew up. This is the hill where he you know, sought God, prayed, he would shout to the sky, he would worship on this hill. And I thought it would be really significant to make a comeback to this hill as this is a very significant place. This is where truly for him it all began. When I shared this message to our house, I returned back to my home where I grew up, to my hill where I would walk and talk with Jesus. And you know what? It's just symbolic of God inviting you to make a comeback, to return to some things that, you know, He's never called you to graduate from. I believe this message is going to cause in you this invitation to beckon you back to whatever it is that God has called you to do, who God has called you to be. We're going to make a comeback. And so why don't you write that down? That's the title of this message, Make a Comeback. And the subtitle is, Let Us Rebuild. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. You know, my husband and I, Caleb, we have been really camped in Nehemiah across this season, across the last year and a half. We've been, honestly, we haven't been able to move away from Nehemiah and his story as it so relates to what we see God is doing in the church across the earth. I'm talking capital C, the church of the earth. I believe that we are in a season of rebuilding. And I don't know if that resonates with you, but I'm not just talking about rebuilding as far as, you know, a collective, the family of God, but I also believe that there are parts of our lives that God is going to say, hey, I want to rebuild that part of your life. I want to restore that part of your life. I want to redeem that promise that you put on the shelf. So we're going we're gonna to declare over you this morning. Together we're going to agree that, yes, I am going to make a personal comeback. And us as a church, as kingdom culture, 
our greatest days, amen. Your greatest days are yet in front of you. And so, hey, let's, let's jump into the word. Nehemiah 2, 18. Nehemiah was saddened. He was saddened when he was sitting with the king. And the king looked at him, never seeing him so sad, and asked him, you know, what's, what's moving on your heart, Nehemiah? And Nehemiah, what does he say to the king? He says, the walls of my city, of my hometown, Jerusalem, are in ruin. And it was moving him and it was stirring him to go, we've got to do something about my hometown. Now my ancestors, my family, my the lineage that's in, in front of me is now buried in that city and her walls the city is not who she used to be and he was moved wasn't he with a vision of what his city could look like he saw that the walls of Jerusalem needed to be rebuilt and so he shared that with the king and what does the king say he says all right go go and do it he releases him to begin the rebuild and so we pick up here where Nehemiah is now in Jerusalem, sharing the vision with the people of Jerusalem. And what does it say? I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they set their hands to the good work. How good is that? I told them about the gracious hand of my God and they set their hands to the good work, those hands that might have been idle for a season, the hands that possibly were distracted for a season. Finally, because of the vision, because of the word of God coming to them, they began to rebuild. Their heart was stirred. And I believe that this word is going to do just that in your heart. Let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to speak. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much that you love your church. You love your church across the earth and that you are on your church. It is your rescue plan for humanity. It's where the lost come in and find home and belonging. It's where we, we experience healing and where we see freedom break through in our lives where we have once been bound. It's where relationships are found and flourish. Father, we thank you that the church is still called to be, you know, uh, the center of society. Uh, the church is called to, you know, not be the one watching what's going on in society, but no, called to lead and say, hey, this is how to live. This is how to do marriage. This is how to do family. This is how to do forgiveness. This is where, this is what hope looks like. This is what love looks like. The church is called to, to be a light on a hill. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that kingdom culture is truly called to do just that, to bring the kingdom of God to earth, that which is in heaven. A kingdom culture is anointed to bring heaven to earth. And so I just pray over this house that this word would evoke something within the heart of this house to and awaken them to who they are in Jesus' name. I pray for great momentum to come to this house. I pray that there would be great movement on this house, a great movement of ministry. And thank you, Father, that this is just the beginning of all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, amen, amen. All right, well, let me share with you from Nehemiah's story 
three keys, okay? Just three quick keys to a comeback because let's remember, you are making a personal comeback in this season and your house is making a comeback in Jesus' name. And so, hey, we've got to get some keys to a comeback. Number one, you need vision. You need vision. I will never forget flying home from Sydney, Australia, where my husband and I spent some time doing, you know, a, a, a third year, an internship of sorts, and we returned home with all kinds of vision. We knew that we were called to plant a church. We didn't know where it was going to be. We honestly didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. We didn't even know what it was going to be called. But here we are coming home, you know, with our luggage through the airport. And there's a whole group of people waiting for us that we're still, you know, doing life with and building our house with. And what happens but one of our team members who's still with us today as we rolled our bags and said hello he's like what are we gonna do like what are we gonna build and like tell me where tell me when my hands are ready i'm excited and honestly i was so encouraged by his spirit he just was like he was all in he just was like let's do this let's let's build this thing let's get to work and I was like, I don't even know what city we're going to do it in. I don't know what it's going to be called. But I loved his spirit. I loved that he was full of vision for the future and all that laid ahead of us. And what I would say to you this morning is you need a, a future that is more compelling than your past. I'm going to say that again. You need vision for your future church, kingdom culture, that is more compelling than your past. I've, I've seen your pastor, Pastor Sean, say, you know, sometimes, he said it probably a little differently, but I'll say it like this. Sometimes the success of our past can stop us from stepping out and stepping up in God and, and taking risks and believing God for the more because of what he's done in our past. Hey, even in this season, does anybody else relate? We've been waiting, almost waiting to live, waiting to move. And we've been recalling the successes of our past or, you know, the triumphs of our past. And, oh, wow, remember what God did back then, you know, two years ago, last year, five years ago. And we've been looking at what God has done and almost living in our past and no longer living forward motion, you know, full of faith for the future. I want to encourage some people here today that you need a vision. You need a vision for your, for your future because the truth is your future needs you and your past does not. We cannot live in the past. We cannot change the past. All we can do is change the future. Can I get a good amen? And I love Nehemiah. Don't you love his spirit? I, I love anyone with vision. It's why I was so encouraged by that individual in the airport. Hey, what are we going to do? What are we going to build? Well, Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a man full of vision. And this is why the king released him to say, hey, if you've got vision for that wall that is broken down in Jerusalem and no longer what she used to be if you see that it could be different if you see that it could be rebuilt well i'll release you to do it hey go give it a give it a go he responded to his vision he saw vision in this young man's heart 
And Nehemiah didn't just stir up himself and this king, but his vision stirred the people of Jerusalem to join him, to rally with him, to go, all right, I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to stop sitting idly by, but oh gosh, right, the walls aren't what she used to be. Let's remember who God has called us to be as the church, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are anointed to shift culture. We are anointed to change government and, and to affect, affect, you know, things that are passed in government. We are called to bring a shift to cities, a shift to nations. And Nehemiah, this is what he says to the people. You know, I told him, I told the people about the gracious hand of my God. I told them about how good God is. You know what? Sometimes we just need reminding of the faithfulness of God that he is not done. He is not finished. He's just getting started. And I would say the same to you, Kingdom Culture. The gracious hand of your God is upon your house. And I pray that you would have a vision for the future. Let's remember the promises of God across your house. I've heard them. I've been witness to them. I know the anointing that is upon your house and I'm just so excited to witness and watch all that God is going to do in and through your house. But we need to have vision. We need eyes to see. Would you would you pray and go God? Would you show me what you see when you look at kingdom culture, when you look at my family, when you look at my marriage, when you look at my relationships, my finances, my health, my, you know, whatever it is that you're believing to make a comeback here this morning, ask God to give you a vision for it. Like Nehemiah, see what in faith, what God has promised and speak to it and run with it in Jesus name. Number two, Say after me, number two. Number two, what do you need? A key, another key to a comeback is you need an army. You need an army. We need an army of people awake to the realities that the truth is we are living in really significant days. I don't know if you have noticed, but hey, there is a whole lot going on in the spiritual realm. And uh, are we awake to it? Are we alert to it? My mom, she was, you know, us girls, my sister and I, young, I was a baby at this time. My sister was around three years old. We were living in Toronto and my mom had set her alarm. She was waking up to go to work the next morning. My dad was away in another city and uh, she sets her alarm. And funnily enough, the alarm goes off at around one in the morning. Obviously, she set the alarm for the wrong time, but now this alarm has gone off. She's kind of awake, lying in bed, trying to get back to sleep. And what does she hear downstairs on the door? But this rattling on the door, she hears this banging on the door and this man's voice coming through the door. And so what does she do? She does the opposite of what I would have done. I think I just kind of, you know, what are you, fight or flight? This is where you learn, what am I? Am I gonna fight or am I gonna flight? Well, instead of pulling the bed sheets over her face, she gets out of bed, she walks down the stairs, she looks on the stairs at the front door and she sees 
the shadow of this man going, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get you. Da, 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 da. He's hurling all of these threats to her. And instead of running the opposite way, my mom goes towards the door and starts banging back on the door. She goes, if you get in here, I'm going to get you. And she starts hurling the threats back. I know she's a boss, isn't she? But as she's doing that, she sees he takes off around the side of the house and she thinks, oh my gosh, did I close the patio door? I know this is like a scene in a television show or something. She takes off to the back door and indeed the sliding door was unlocked. So she's now locking the door. He's trying every possible way to get into her house. But how many know she was awake and she was alert to the threat that was coming in at her house and she was not going to sleep through it. She wasn't going to allow it to come in and invade. No, my mom was a mama bear awake to the opposition, awake to the threat. And I would say to you here this morning, are you sleeping through this season? I'm, I'm sounding an alarm right now and going, hey, these are not days to sleep through, to sit back, you know, to sit back and kind of go, well, I'm saved and I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come back. No, 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 church. I'm calling you to rise up and to wake up to your anointing and your appointing. We are not called to sleep through this season, but let's sound an alarm because the truth is we are living in significant days and the opposition is real. A great mentor and Pastor, Pastor Leanne Metesius said uh, to me once, she said, listen, we don't get to choose whether we're born into a war, but we do get to choose whether we become a warrior. And I would say to you here this morning, the truth is there's light, there's dark, there's good, there's evil. There's a very real God in heaven who loves you and has called you, but there's a very real enemy who hates what's upon you and who hates what is upon your house and so hey we need to be awake to the fact that there is a very real enemy and very real opposition when nehemiah set out to say hey let us rebuild let's rebuild these walls come on let's get our hands dirty let's get back let's get some movement here in this city let's build up these walls to who this city is called to be in stature. Well, right off the heels of that inspirational moment, what do we find? It says in uh, Nehemiah 2.19, right after that moment, when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about this plan, heard about what the people were about to do, what does it say? They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? They said, are you rebuilding this wall against the king? Hot off the heels of let's change the world comes the opposition. How many know that if you are going to do anything, if you are going to be anything, if you are going to change the world for kingdom cause and kingdom purpose, there will be opposition. As you rise up, so does the opposition. This is, this is the truth. And I, I share this not to bring doom and gloom and not to have you, you know, want to hide under the covers when you 
get home. No, no, no. I share this so that we can have an action plan and so that we can rise up as an army in Jesus name. And so what does Nehemiah do? I love his example. And I believe that there is some keys here for you to grab a hold of because we are an army, are we not? All right, so we're an army of the Lord. Well, how do we fight the opposition that comes? When this opposition came, this is how he responded. Nehemiah 4, 11 to 21. I'm gonna pull and we're gonna go into the word here. All right, we ready? Let's dive in. Says, also our enemies said, before they know it or see us. So this is now the enemies to, to Nehemiah and the people. Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them. And we will kill them and put an end to the work. And so what is, these, what is the opposition after? What is, you know, the hecklers and the criticism and the noise that surrounds the, what it is that you're building? What, what is it sent to accomplish? It's sent to take out the work of the Lord. And this is what Nehemiah says. He says, don't be afraid of them. Come on. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. Come on. This is strategy for some of you here this morning. Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Come on. Every family, be alert and awake to the fact that you can stand in the gap and fight for your families, fight for your marriages, fight for your children, fight for those who you call family. Let's take responsibility. But then it goes on to say, from that day on, because of the opposition, because they weren't asleep to the opposition, they knew that they were there. They were on the front foot. What happens? Half the men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and arrows. How amazing. Half of the group did the work while the other half were alert and watching. It says in verse 23, a little bit later on, neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. They remained, you know, their armor, shields, everything, even when they slept. How amazing. They were ready and awake and alert to the opposition. They never took it off. Each had his weapon, even when he went for water. There was not a time where they were not aware that they were, they were building something that was significant. And I would say to you, Kingdom Culture, what is upon your house in this season? Do not be surprised by the opposition. Let's not be surprised that the enemy is not going to love when, hey, Luke 4.18, what have we been anointed for? You have been anointed to preach the good news to the poor, to, to set free the oppressed, to open up blind eyes and deaf ears. You are anointed to shift people's stories and lives and to shift cities, to shift nations. And that is going to intimidate the enemy. And so let's not be surprised. Hey, when we start to move towards what it is that God has anointed you to build and to do, that there's going to be an enemy that's, that's very upset and frustrated. But let's, let's understand that we are on the winning team. Amen. We have the beginning of the story and we know the end of the story. But 
how many know that that does not mean that there is not going to be contention and that there won't be some pushback and and a, a need to stand your ground in the middle. Amen. So let's stand our ground. Let's recognize that we are a part of the army of the Lord. We are both saved. Second Timothy 1.9. We are both saved and called to a holy life. Saved and called. We are not just, you know, saved waiting for Jesus. No, no, no. We are saved and called for purpose, for kingdom purpose. Amen. To bring kingdom culture to the earth. So number three, third key to a comeback. Come on, this is no small thing. Strength. You need strength. Come on, church. You need the strength of the Lord. We need to strengthen ourselves. You know, the reality is, yes, there is great opposition, but as sons and as daughters of God, how many know that the word of God says to come boldly before his throne of grace to receive mercy's kiss in your time of strength? No, in your time of weakness. So church, when we need to find strength, where do we run? We run right into the presence of God. I'll never forget. I'll never forget the days where I used to walk on my hill. I mean, I'm standing right here on my husband's hill. This is where Caleb as, you know, I mean, teenager all the way up through while he was youth pastoring and everything else. This is, I mean, this ground has probably seen many a tears. This guy has heard him shout to the sky and praise and sing to the to Jesus. I mean, so much has taken place right here on this hill. And I had a hill of my own as a young girl where I grew up in a small town called Renfrew. And I used to walk and talk to Jesus as I walked up that hill, wherever I was going, to the park or wherever. And the truth is, we need to get good, hey, at strengthening ourselves in the Lord. What does this look like? Nehemiah gives a beautiful example of how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Let's look at Nehemiah 6, 1 to 9. When the word came now to Nehemiah's enemies, to Samballat, Tobiah, Geshem, you know, the hecklers that were hot on the heels of Nehemiah's assignment, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall. Okay, so now he's rebuilt the wall. Amazing. They are now on the other side of this incredible assignment and they're living in the harvest of what God has promised. But look at this. It says that Sam Ballad and Geshem sent Nehemiah a message. It says, Come and let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. Can you do you hear that that TikTok song? Anybody know it? Oh no. Anybody know that? No, I don't know. When I when I read that, I'm like, it's all I hear. It's all I hear is that TikTok song. But seriously, I think Nehemiah went, oh no, I am not, I am not gonna respond to this message. No, no, oh no. But they were scheming to harm me, Nehemiah says. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project. Come on, that's a word for somebody this morning. You and your assignment and the promise of God that is across your life is a great 
project. And what does he say? I cannot go down. I want you to hear that this morning. When it comes to the assignment on your life, when it comes to the promises of God that are yes and amen, yours to walk into, yours to conquer, yours to claim, there will be there will be some that will say, hey, hey, why don't you come down here, live a, live a little bit lower than who God has called you to be. No, let's have this spirit of Nehemiah. Come on, I feel like I'm, I'm fighting here for some of you. Let's have the spirit of Nehemiah to say, oh no, oh no, I cannot come down. I have a great project on me. And what does he say? Why should the work stop? Come on, why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? But four times, they did not relent. Okay, we've got to get good at not just saying it once, but saying it again and again. Amen? Amen. Uh, so four times they, they sent this message, and each time I gave them the same answer. What was the, the, their, his enemy's hope, though? Let's look. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. Again, the opposition comes because of the assignment that is upon your life, because of the work that has been entrusted to you. And so what does Nehemiah say? But I prayed, but I prayed, strengthen my hands, but I prayed, strengthen my hands. And what happens, we all know that Nehemiah and the team and the community rebuilt the walls. Many came out of exile after years of being in exile, returned back to Jerusalem and made Jerusalem their home again. It was one of the greatest comeback seasons that has been told in scripture. I absolutely love this story, but it was because of how Nehemiah navigated these moments and the opposition. He refused to come down. He refused to be distracted and pulled away from the great project that the Lord had anointed him for, and he strengthened himself in the Lord. I want to encourage some people here. Let's not, uh, you know, underestimate what it is to tuck yourself away with God to find yourself on whatever, what does it look like? Does it look like a hill? Does it look like it did to me as a young girl to just go for a walk with Jesus? Does it look like shutting the door and, you know, stepping away from the children for a moment to open up the word of God and to be fed, you know, a feast. There is, it's not, we do not live in a famine, amen, as sons and daughters. There is always a feast in the word of God for you to partake and enjoy. There is a word for your war and worship is our warfare. There is a song that you can sing to the Lord. I love David. What does he say? He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I mean, sometimes we've just got to find our song again. We've got to find our worship posture again and remind our soul of who our God is. Let's be so good, church, at strengthening ourselves in the Lord. We will never graduate from this posture. We will never graduate from humbling ourselves before God and going, I need you. I need your grace. 
I need your forgiveness. I need your sustenance. I need your strength. I need a word. Amen? Amen. Can I encourage you to find your place, to find your hill, to find your place in God where you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. I think of even David again when, you know, uh, the, our, the men that were fighting alongside of him when they came back to the village where their children and, and their wives were and they were ransacked and the children and, and their wives were taken off. They were not harmed, but they were taken off. And the men started to turn on him and go, what in the world? I thought we were doing God's work and here we are getting ransacked. Well, what does David do? It says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. We see this practice. Anyone who stands up and says, God, would you use me? I want to do what you're doing. I want to build what you're building. Hey, there's a target on them, but we see a practice of the art of remaining comes from digging in your feet and going, God, I'm going to, I'm going to strengthen myself in you and remain at my post. I will not come down. I will not be moved. I have a great project and a great assignment. Amen. Church, kingdom culture, I adore you. I really do. I love what is on your house. I just believe that our city needs what is on you. Our city needs what is on Pastor Sean and Pastor Michelle. There is something so significant that they carry in their spirit that is needed in our city. I believe that what is upon your house is going to take out apathy in Jesus name once and for all. I believe that passionate spirit that lives on the inside of Pastor Sean and Michelle and all of you wild group of people. I believe that this city is going to get shaken up for kingdom cause because of you being alive and awake to who God is in you and who God is in your house. There's something so unique within you. And I'm just here. If anything, I'm just here to wake you up and to shake you up and to remind you to go, hey, you're just getting started. God is not done. You are just getting started. Your greatest days are in front of you. That's for you personally and collectively. So can I pray for you, church? Can I just uh, release this comeback season over you prophetically? as I declare it. And if you're comfortable, I don't know if you're in your house, if you're with your family, with your kids, uh, maybe you're listening from the car today, but wherever you are, if, if it's safe to do so, and if you're comfortable, why don't you lift up your hands to, to Jesus this morning and let me declare and release this over you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are all over this word, that this truly is a word in season for kingdom culture and for this wild group of people. Thank you that you are awakening individuals. You're awakening mothers and fathers and sons and daughters from, from the youngest to the oldest. Thank you, God, that there no one is safe. Every single one of us who are listening in here this morning is, is getting a wake-up call of sorts. 
and that you're awakening them to dreams and to promises that quite possibly have been put on the shelf or just set aside. I just sense right now, Holy Spirit, that you're saying, hey, I, I actually wasn't done with that just yet. Can you take that one off the shelf and trust me that I can do it? I know you might not see it in the natural. It might not look possible. It might look as though it is dead, but the Spirit of God would say to you this morning, it is not dead, it is just dormant. I just sense that the Holy Spirit is awakening those who have said it's over, it's done, it's dead, and you began to walk away. And in the same way where, where the man came to Jesus, and, and begged that he would come to see his son who was passing away. And the, the guard came and said, do not bother the teacher. Your son is already dead. And Jesus said, no, no, I'm coming to your house. Nothing intimidates the spirit of God. There is nothing too far out of his reach that he cannot revive and resurrect. And so I declare that over you this morning to whoever needs this, whoever is listening. Why don't you reach your hands up to heaven and say, that's me. That's me. I, I, I have believed that it was over and done. Well, Holy Spirit, would you bring resurrection power to homes across the city that are listening to this right now? And would you resurrect dreams that are not dead but dormant, promises that are not done but they are just at the beginning. Father, I thank you that there is a comeback season upon this house and you are awakening your church. You are awakening your people, the people of God, to what it is that you have declared and promised over them. And Father, I thank you for this house. May this house, may kingdom culture be a house on a hill in this city that so desperately needs hope, so desperately needs Jesus, so desperately needs salvation. Father, would you use this house? May, may the days in front, of, in, in front of them be just so beyond their wildest of dreams. I just sense that you're just getting started. We love you, Jesus. Bless every single family as we close here this morning in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen we love you so much from my husband and myself and all of our kids what an honor it was to be with you I adore you I adore you and I'm so excited for all that God's gonna do in and through your house thank you for the privilege have an amazing Sunday I hope to see you soon Mwah.